Amen. Thank you, Betty. I'm always amazed musicians that can play like that. It's just in them. I remember a friend of mine trying to teach me guitar, and I said, how do you do it? He said, you just do it. I said, I don't just do it. It's a real gift, people that are able to do that and, and use it for the Lord, man. What a blessing. We're going to look at selected scriptures this morning. And I want to look at the topic of where do you find answers for life's struggle? And we're going to look at that this morning. Before we jump into the message, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we live in a world where there's a lot of hurt. And there's a lot of struggle, and people have mountains to climb, and sometimes people get blindsided, and they need to know where there's hope. They need to know where there's a message that can be trusted. And I pray this morning, God, that you would work through my attempt to speak, God. I ask for the anointing of your Holy Spirit, that there might be a flow to this message, that Father, keep me from rambling. Father, that there might be a fire, God, that um, be evident, God, that you're there. And Father, that, um, Lord, there might just be a, a real sense, Lord, of your leading. And Father, we just seek you and just pray, Father, that you speak to our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Use a little imagination here that's not much fun. Let's imagine that you have this suspicious mole and it becomes irritated and begins to give you a problem and then you notice that it's beginning to bleed and so you go to the doctor to have it checked out and he wants to take a biopsy of it and you get the dreaded news that it's melanoma, quick-acting cancer. Man, I've gotten where I hate the word cancer because through the years I've seen a lot of people suffer. I know just last year my sister's best friend for years and years since she was a kid got a call that she had cancer and I think it was less than two months she was up there at the funeral. What? Where do you go when you when you hear news like that? Where do you go? Or how about this one? Uh, you get a call in the middle of the night. And it's the police. And they ask you to to come by because they want you to identify a body and see if it's your loved one. I remember a number of years ago I got a call about 2 in the morning from a family. Their 19-year-old daughter wasn't home. They got that call. They had gone down there and they wouldn't, there was some kind of trouble and they couldn't get in to see. So they went back home. They called me. I sat at home with them. She had been out with five friends. A guy just opened fire. Four of the girls were injured. This girl was killed. Where do you go when you hear that kind of news, that earth shattering news? Where do you go? Where do you go for answers? Where, where do you go for hope? Or let's say that you've spent your life developing a product to sell. Man, it has done it has done good on the market and you are proud of that product. But because of the way things are always changing, your product you find out is soon going to be obsolete and you're going to be out of business. 
And you have literally invested your life in making this thing work. And you can't control why it's going to become obsolete. What do you do? Where do you, where do you go for answers when you hear that kind of news that's devastating? You've been married for 25 years. You have three adult children. And more than anything, you're, you're proud of the fact that you have an intact family. And you come home one night and your spouse hits you with some news you don't expect. I don't love you anymore. I want out of this marriage. There's somebody else. I filed for divorce. There's no reason to even talk about this. Man, what do you, what do you do when you get hard hit with these kind of questions? Where, where do you go? Well, there are four typical responses. I put five up there. I can't count. Four typical responses. One is escapism. I've seen that through the years. People are faced with tough times and they turn to drugs or drinking or some way to try to escape from what they're facing. Then there are those who are just become cynical. Man, they hurt and so they just become negative. Look like they've been baptized in prune juice or something. You know, just so bleak. Everything's bleak. Or thirdly, there's humanism. They go for looking for answers uh, in books, self-help books, and counselors that um, don't know God. And then the fourth one is supernaturalism. They actually start looking for spiritual answers apart from Jesus Christ. But guys, we... And what I want to talk about this morning, just, just briefly, is that we do have a place to go. We have the Bible. We have the Scriptures. And that they're trustworthy. And I just want to look at a couple of scriptures this morning and just talk about how the fact that we can trust the scriptures, we can trust the Bible. First, uh, turn me to Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. And actually, uh, it's broken down into sections by the Hebrew alphabet. And all these sections deal with the scriptures with the value and the power and the dependability of God's Word. Uh, I want to look at uh, verse 81, that section of Scripture. There's a guy here who, I don't know what he's facing exactly, but he's facing one of those earth-shattering type scenarios that we opened with. He says, My soul faints with longing... For your salvation. Man, he, he the chair's been pushed out from under him. He's crushed. He's, he's hurting. And look what he says. He says, I'm longing for to, to be delivered from this. He says, but I have put my hope in your word. He says, God, I know that in spite of what I'm feeling and what I'm facing, I'm going to put my hope in what you have said because you love me. You're trustworthy. He goes on. He says, my eyes fail Looking for your promise. He desperately wants that promise from God. I say, when will you comfort me? Though I am like a wineskin in the smoke, I do not forget your decrees. How long must your servant wait? He's, He's tired of waiting. He's crushed. He needs answers. When will you punish my persecutors? The arrogant dig pitfalls for me contrary to your law. 
But he, he comes back, he shares his heart, he's open, he's honest. And we need to be honest, we don't need to wear a fake smile, we need to be honest about where we are, guys. But he says, all your commands are trustworthy. And then he says, help me, for men persecute me without cause. He says, I, I don't know what's going on, I've been blindsided, help me God. He says, they almost wiped me from the earth, almost didn't make it, God. But I have not forsaken your precepts. Preserve my life according to your love. And I will obey the statutes of your mouth. He says, God, I know that regardless of what I'm facing, that I can depend upon what you have to say about these issues. That I can depend upon the Scriptures, your law, your precepts. They're trustworthy, God. Uh, Another Scripture In Luke 24, the resurrection has occurred and these guys are kind of still in the dark. Jesus appears to them. They're not even sure what's going on at the time in Luke 24 on the road to Emmaus. And I'm going to pick it up at verse 25. He's been speaking... Jesus has been uh, listening to them talk about their dilemma, and He speaks. (laughs) He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter His glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He explained to them what was said in all the Scriptures concerning Himself. Jesus made the Scriptures come alive. He said they're trustworthy. He said you can count on them. And He began to explain them, to, to share them, to, to remind them that, of their truth. And their Scriptures, it, it, isn't it great? Even though God has spoken, He has put it on paper for us. So that we can go back and we can read and we can let God's Spirit speak to us through what He has said. And so that we can find... That He loves us. It's so that we can find something to grip and to hold on to. A little bit further down in 31, it says, Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized Him. And He disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while He talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us? God's Spirit opens the Scriptures to us, makes them come alive so we can understand their meaning, what they have to say. God actually doesn't just leave us alone to read it. He speaks to us through the Scriptures in a powerful way. That's the way He works. Um, John 17, turn to John chapter 17. A neat verse in here uh, in the prayer of Jesus. It's uh, verse 16, he, talking about his disciples. He says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Then he says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And this is a validation by our Lord himself, by Jesus himself. He says, your word is truth. Sanctify them, make them holy, set them apart by your word. Your word is truth. Man, there's there's power and there's answers here that Jesus himself validates and says, Go there, guys. This book has value. Don't just push it aside. Get into this book. Study it, learn it. 
into your heart. Now let's look at 1 Thessalonians 2.13. It says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, and I love to hear Bible pages turn. That's a thing of beauty for a preacher to hear flipping pages. He says, and we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God which is at work in you who believe. As Paul shares with this church, Thessalonica, he says, hey, this book's not like other books. This is not just some guy who's sharp talking. This is actually God talking. This is actually His mind. This is actually His thoughts. And that when we get into this book, we're actually able to hear God's voice. As he speaks, and Paul said, I'm so grateful you listened to God's voice in the scriptures being explained, that they came alive, that you took that to heart, and guys, we can take that to heart in the Word. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. He says, Now that you have purified yourselves, by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. Taking God's Word to heart and obeying it, making it a part of our lives. He says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring Word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glories like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall or fail, but the Word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the Word that was preached to you. The story of a retired football player that had won a bunch of honors, and they called him Charlie Tremendous Jones. Must be interesting to be named Tremendous as a nickname. But Charlie Tremendous Jones uh, came home one night after severe rain and found that his basement was flooded, waist deep in mud. And all of his trophies, all of the awards that he won was in that basement. So Charlie Tremendous Jones said he walked down there and tried to retrieve some of that stuff, but as he walked through waist-deep mud, it was hopeless. And he said at that point, he felt God speak to him and said, Charlie, not so tremendous, Jones. Don't worry about all this stuff. I was going to burn it up anyway. We get so caught up in the stuff, but the truth is, the two things that last are people and God's truth, His Word. You know, it really ought to make us think about what should we build our lives on? People and His Word. Other stuff. It's not going to be here forever. That's what's going to be here forever. That's where the priority is. Todd, not so tremendous, Freeman. That's where the priority is. So it is for all of us. Just one or two more scriptures here. Um, 2 Timothy three fourteen through 16.
But as for you, as he's talking to young Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So men, knowing these scriptures leads you to the right place. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What a phrase. This book is God-breathed. That's how it's inspired. From the mouth of God. Guys, that's trustworthy. That's somewhere we can go. And we live in a culture that believes that less and less. And that's why there's such chaos and there's such confusion. Because they don't understand that God wants to communicate and have a relationship with them. And and this is a vehicle He He works through. It's His book. And we have to be aware of that. Now one of the criticisms... Often you hear this book as, well, we know God's holy and God's perfect, but he decided to use a bunch of thick brain guys to write this down. And so when they wrote this down, uh, you know, the guys that wrote it actually made some mistakes and errors, and they're the ones that messed it up, not God, because God decided to work through people. You know, it's kind of like a relay race. And you run in the, if you've ever seen the relay race, the most important part of the relay race is handing off the baton. And I've watched several where the baton is dropped, the race is over. you got to hand off the baton. So how did God do with handing off the baton? That's a, that's a question people ask. And seldom do you hear a scripture that speaks about this directly. It's, uh, it's over in the next uh, uh, area here, Second Peter, right after James, chapter 1, verses 19 through 21, deal with the handing of the baton. How did this work between God and the human writers that recorded God's Word? He says, therefore, let's see here. He says, and we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. He says this is not the prophet's own interpretation. They were carried along by God. That that phrase carried along is actually a a ship sailing term that um, spoke of a rudder of a ship being carried by the winds and the waters. So that the wind and the waters actually was driving the ship. In other words, these prophets, these writers were carried along by the Holy Spirit who carried along what they wrote down, who who worked through them and worked through their personality and worked through their character. But the Holy Spirit was in charge as it was written down, as it was preserved for us so that it's trustworthy, 
So that it's not about people's mistakes, but it's about God's Spirit at work through the personality of a person recorded for us. A.T. Robertson once said, one of the proofs that the Bible must be God-breathed and inspired of the Lord is how it survived so many years of poor preaching. Man, it's a book that can be trusted. Gives us stability in the midst of a storm. Psalm 119.98, guys. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. It's amazing how God's Word provides such wise counsel in the midst of a storm. I can't tell you how many times God has taken verses of Scripture at a time in my life where I desperately needed some comfort, and He brings the Word to my mind. It gives stability. Also, maturity. He provides maturity through His Word. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 100. He says, I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I love that song we sang talking about the love of God, how the ocean, if you used it for the ink, man, to write out the love of God, it would just drain the ocean dry. What a picture. We can trust God's Word for His truth. Uh, Karl Barth, the famous theologian near the end of his life, took a world trip where he was able to see great places that most of us never have the opportunity to see. He went on this great uh, excursion, tops of mountains, world's wonders, traveled several continents. He came back and uh, he visited the seminary where he taught. And some of the students asked him, they said, Dr. Bart, what is the most amazing thing that you saw on this wonderful vacation road trip? He thought for a moment and his eyes twinkled and he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Hasn't changed, he tells us so. And we need to trust Him. Let's pray. Father, as we come to You in a world that is so unstable, we need stability. As we come to You in a world where there are voices proclaiming answers, we need to know where Your voice is, God. And I'm just grateful that You have told us that the Bible is a place that is safe is a place God-breathed, inspired of You, that we can turn to for strength and for counsel and for comfort. And Father, that we can actually hear Your voice, that You speak there, God. That although You have closed up Revelation in Your book, uh, Father, that there's illumination by Your Spirit, that you, You take the Bible and You speak to our hearts through Your Spirit. Father, maybe today as we've looked at Your Word, Maybe somebody has been touched and and needs to do business with you, God. Uh, I pray that you speak to our hearts. If we need to come and pray, that we'll come and pray. If we need to come before the body of Christ, before God's people, and, and make a commitment that you have been dealing with us about, God, may we have the courage to come do that. Father, I just pray that you have your way with us this morning. You love us. The Bible tells us so. Help us to look to Your Word and help us to remember that Jesus died for us and that we can find hope and life in You. 
Father, open our hearts to you, God. The answers are there. Help us receive them. We love you, Lord. We need you. Bring us to you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand. It's 480 in the celebration hymnal. Only trust him.